Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shaleen Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Oh, you guys, this is such a great, great episode for you. Today, I have on as my guests the founders of Brand Builders Group, Rory and AJ Vaden. AJ has personally worked with thousands of people to help them kind of narrow in on their focus and their expertise and then expand their reach by building the right type of reputation. She also helped to build a very successful eight-figure coaching and consulting business. She's worked with brands like Bridgestone, Verizon, Cellular Sales, DirecTV, before deciding that her true passion was working with individuals like you. Husband Rory is a New York Times bestselling author, author of the book Take the Stairs. He's also a leading expert in reputation design. Maybe you've seen him on Forbes, CNN, Entrepreneur Magazine, Fox News. Maybe you've seen him on our stage at the Marketing Impact Academy. You may have seen one of his TED Talks. He's also a world champion public speaker. Isn't that great? But he too believes his true calling is in helping the individual. He's one of the speakers that we had this year at the Marketing Impact Academy. And the feedback that we got from our audience was so remarkable. And Rory said to me backstage, listen, I wish it could have been both myself and my wife out here on the stage sharing this because we together have such unique perspectives that I just can't wait for you to meet her. And I said, well, let's get you guys on the podcast because this is the kind of message my audience needs. Rory and AJ together help people, individuals like yourself, figure out your brand. You think you know what your brand is, but yet when people go and look at your social media, they're confused. Or maybe you're trying to make a pivot. You've been known for one thing, but you really want to, you want to be known for this other thing. You want to expand or go deeper, maybe in another area. How do you do that? What is brand? We're going to dig into all of that in today's episode, as well as your reputation and how it is you develop that. And they give some great strategies in this interview. But here's what I want to mention to you, and this happened during the call. I wasn't anticipating it, but I want to make sure that you know about this in advance. If you go to shaleen.the, don't forget the the, thebrandbuildersgroup.com, you can sign up for a free evaluation call. And this is with the team at Brand Builders, where they will walk you through many of the questions and the process, some of the process that we talk about on today's episode. I want you to write that down or take a screenshot of my show notes because you'll see the link there, or you can just tap on that link to schedule a call because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. When there's a live human asking you these questions, you will find so much clarity. Now, Rory made that offer available when he spoke at the Marketing Impact Academy. And since that time, I've heard from so many people that have reached out to us to think, I'm like, we didn't do the call. Rory's team, and they are so skilled at doing this, they agreed to take those calls for people who are very interested in really refining 
their reputation and their brand. And I've heard from so many people who said, just getting on the call with another person, even though I was in the audience and I heard all of Rory's great tips and his framework, there's something very powerful about you know, having somebody on the other line asking you these like, well, okay, fine, I've got to pick my direction or here's what I'm known for. This is what's important to me. When someone asks you those questions, you're kind of forced to think through it. And I can't think of anything that's more valuable than clarity. Man, when it comes to your business and the amount of noise that exists in terms of competition for you, you need clarity. You need to know what your reputation is and the brand that you're trying to build. And that comes from walking through this process. So here's what I encourage you to do before we go much further. First, write down that domain name because I want you to go there and schedule your appointment. Why not? What do you have to lose, right? There's no strings attached. You go to shaleen.thebrandbuildersgroup.com. And I also need you to grab a pen and a piece of paper because I'd like you to go through this with us. And as ideas pop into your head, as individuals who you're thinking about, as the questions that he and AJ ask on this podcast, as they ask them, I want you to do your best to put us on pause and answer those questions. All right, guys, without further ado, AJ and Rory Vaden. Well, Rory and AJ, it is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having us today. (laughs) (laughs) Rory, we got to have you at our Marketing Impact Academy live event this year. And I don't think I've ever seen my audience taking notes so feverishly. AJ, I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to see you. And I, I know you are about to add a second little boy to the family. Is this true? That is true. We've got 36 days and counting. Whew, girl. Are you really hoping that you go the full term or are you one of those people that's like, let's go already? Oh, no, I'm hoping he comes early. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not too early, but like a week, 10 days. I can deal with that. I love it. I think we can go in a bunch of different directions today. I'm fascinated about having the two of you back at some point to talk about how to work together as a married couple, because I think it's really powerful. I don't know if it's right for everybody, but man, is it powerful when you do it together. Yeah, you know, and we actually started as business partners before we started dating in our former company. We kind of broke the cardinal rule and <laughs> fell in love after. Yeah, we, we met, were working we together. We met starting the business together. We had mutual friends and that's how we started and then we fell in love. And then uh we went all in on it and it's it's the coolest thing ever. Well, that might be an interesting place to start. So both of you were involved in building an eight-figure business together. After you exited, or maybe even, you know, why you decided to do something on your own and what it is you've taken from that experience that helps you to help other people today. You know, that's such an interesting thing is I think, you know, our former business, we did sales training, sales coaching, sales consulting, and it was all for big companies. We did a ton with individuals, but at the end of the day, it was about how to increase revenues, how to grow your income, how to improve the bottom line. And those are all important things and things that we still talk about. Mm -hmm. But a lot of our passion and a lot of our own personal missions come from, and what do you have to share? And what value do you have to give? And what's your message? And what's your story? And how does that tie into building a unique audience and really separating yourself from all the noise and the clutter that's out there? And I think even more importantly than that, it's helping other
other people do what they're passionate about, which needed to start with us doing what we were passionate about, which is what we get to do now. That's so powerful. And it's a confusing place for many. You hear the term brand and that can really freak people out. They're like, is that fonts and colors? Does this mean that I need to have a curated Instagram? And if I'm not in social media, do I have a brand? Do I need a brand if I'm not looking to start my own business? So let's start first with the importance of being known for something or having a brand. What exactly does that mean and why is it important? Yeah, well, I think, Shalene, like you said, you know, there's some confusion around the word brand. And really what we actually talk a lot about is reputation. And that seems to be a word that is more accurately describes at least what we study and we help people with is that everybody has a reputation and we understand the concept of reputation, but nobody really talks about reputation. And it's just what are you known for? What do people think of when they think of you? And a reputation is an assessment of a person's trustworthiness. And at the end of the day, that's what it's really about is do people trust you? Because, you know, maybe you want to be an influencer and you want to have a video course and you have a big social media following, or maybe you just want to get a better job and you want to get promoted, or maybe you just want to be more influential in your community, or maybe you have a personal passion for, you know, some spirituality message that you want to get out or to the world. Philanthropy, or philanthropy. Or... But we all have a reputation and most people just don't have much of a reputation strategy. They don't think about it and you know, we came up with this thing called the reputation formula, which was just really breaking down, okay, what is a reputation? Where does a reputation really come from? I love that. And I know you've got those characteristics of a solid reputation that you shared with my live audience. I want to dig into that. But before we do, you said that reputation, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, I think, boils down to an assessment of how much we trust someone, the worthiness of our trust. But you know, So let me just play devil's advocate and say, all right, if I'm thinking about big people, big celebrities that all of us know, I think about like, say, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk or a Grant Cardone. When I think of their reputation, I don't know that I have the ability, or maybe you can help me here. How am I assessing their trust? I can tell you what I think about them. I can tell you what my beliefs are about their reputation. And I don't know how much I factor trust into that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I know that, you know, so this person has a reputation for being loud and telling it like it is and being ahead of the curve and knowing what's going to happen and pop if I'm talking about Gary Vee, knowing what's going to be big before it's big in social media. He's got that reputation. So are you referring to like, I can trust his assessment or predictions for social media, let's say, or business? So yeah, when you think about reputation, you kind of got to break it down in a couple of different things because everyone has a reputation. Some people know about it, which means they have a larger reach. They have a larger audience. Other people don't, which means they don't have much reach and they don't have an audience. But we believe that a reputation is the sum of your results multiplied by your reach, right? Now, results have a lot to do with both personal 
character traits, such as your integrity and loyalty and honesty and your ability to follow through and provide quality service and a quality product. And there's all those things. But then there's also the things of, hey, this is where I'm a true expert. And, you know, it's your results come from what you've done as well as what you've researched and what business you're in and all the things that build your credibility. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, results times reach equals your reputation in the marketplace. Now, individually, we all have a reputation, but our reach is rather very small or very big. But the one thing we all know is that results times zero or anything times zero is zero. And that's a real challenge because you could be the best at something in the world, but if nobody knows about it, they cannot do business with you. They cannot hire you. They cannot help you. They cannot fall in love with you. They cannot support you. It's like people have to know you to do business with you. And the results part and how that ties into trust is the results is what do you have experience in? What is your expertise? How have you positioned yourself in the marketplace to say, I have earned the right to talk about this? Now, I would also say that results, we tend to talk about those all in a positive way, but we know plenty of people who have big reputations that are not positive. So you can have a really bad reputation times a big reach and you have a really poor, you know, awareness in the marketplace, or you can have really great results times a big reach and you have an amazing reputation and you can give example after example after example, historically and present day of well-known people because they have huge audiences, but because of really poor results or really amazing results, their reputation goes one of the other ways. Right. And I understand that you mean by results, a couple of different things. Can we go through the 13 characteristics so that people can kind of create a checklist in their own head of what makes a solid reputation? Yeah, sure. So we'll just, let's start by listing these 13 characteristics. Okay, I got my notepad out, everybody. Grab your pen and paper. And these aren't necessarily 13 characteristics of a reputation. These are 13 characteristics of what we call a rock solid reputation. So building a reputation on rock that is sturdy, that is substantive, that will last the test of time. And that can also withstand turmoil and controversy and scrutiny. When things do go awry, which inevitably at some point for most they will, it's can your reputation withstand the storm because you build it on a rock. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so patience. Okay. Kindness. Confidence. Humility gentleness, selflessness, calmness, honesty, forgiveness, courage, faithfulness, optimism, and perseverance. Mm. Oh, wow. And hopefully you don't mind us sharing this, Shalene. So the, the truth is where this list comes from you know, and I, I, we believe that it applies to everybody, but you know, just so you know where it comes from for us, the origin of this is it's the love chapter from Corinthians one thirteen. Mm. You're about love is patient. Love is kind. It does not mm. boast. It is not arrogant. It, you know, it is not self-seeking. It, it keeps no record of wrongs. And so basically as we were evaluating and looking at, okay, what are the characteristics of a rock solid reputation? It's like, wow, here they are listed. And we just boiled each of those phrases down into one word, like to one characteristic. 
Wow. Boy, this has my mind reeling. So Brett and I had this opportunity to interview a whole bunch of people that we don't haven't normally had on our show. And I intentionally wanted to bring people to have a conversation with me who I don't necessarily agree with their messaging or how they're doing it, but they're doing it, right? Mm. And just to kind of broaden my own perspective to try to force myself to have a more open mind. And some of those people, I would definitely say they're known. They have a reputation. But some of these terms, I wouldn't put calm or forgiving or even uh, humility or, gosh, kindness for a few of them. Like, gosh, I hope that doesn't come out the wrong way. But you know what I mean? Like, those aren't the first things that come to mind. So is it possible to have a brash, harsh, in-your-face kind of reputation and still have these characteristics? Or am I looking at a reputation that's not rock solid, just simply a reputation? Well, it could be either of those, right? So, you know, coming back to what AJ was saying earlier, results times reach equals reputation. Reach can be zero or greater. Results can be positive or negative. So someone can have a big reputation and it's up to you to determine. And that's kind of where we say it's an, you know, an assessment of trustworthiness isn't necessarily the definition of a reputation, but it's something that people do. It's a part of how they evaluate it. Now, can somebody be brash? Well, if you look, then there are natural counterbalancing forces to these 13 characteristics. So for example, you have gentleness as one of them, but you also have honesty. Okay. So that is almost like a dial. Like it's more like those are a continuum and you turn them up or down. I mean, just to use Gary V, since you threw his name out earlier, I think that Gary V, a lot of people would describe him as, oh, he's a loud, obnoxious, arrogant. You know, maybe they might say that. I find a very strong sense of both confidence for sure but also of tremendous humility and talking about making mistakes and talking about, you know, being willing to make a quick decision and then learn from it and then not feeling like he's a know-it-all, even though it may come across that way. So, you know, I think these are dials that you're sort of turning up and, and turning down. But what you can't say is he's fake, right? Like you can't say that he's like people pleasing. And I think the trust in Gary V. I think comes from both there is an accuracy result in terms of his ability to predict, which is what you spoke to earlier, which makes us trust his ability to predict. There's also a consistency, a relentless consistency in the honesty of his message. And so we trust, it may not be that we trust him per se, but we probably trust him to be accurate about media predictions. And we also trust that we're going to get the same Gary V on stage, off stage, whether it's on Sunday or Tuesday in the boardroom or in front of a thousand people. So there is tremendous trust there. When you say honesty, I wasn't thinking of authenticity and the folks who come to mind for me that I was, you know, suggesting I'd interviewed this weekend, they are 100% authentic, like super authentic people, almost to a fault, I think some would say. Do you put authenticity and honesty, do you see those as almost one and the same in this regard? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, those are completely synonymous. And it's, you know, part of it, it's like you can't be completely honest without being authentic, nor can you be completely authentic without being honest. That's great. When if you look at Shilling, like we talked about at Marketing Impact Academy is, so Brand Builders Group, our company, right? 
when we typically, when we first start working with somebody, we take them through the brand DNA helix and it's these six questions that are meant to help them find their uniqueness, which is a piece of advice that we got from a guy named Larry Wingett when he said, you know, the goal is to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. Mm. And we think the magic of a personal brand is in accessing the deepest layers of a person's almost like their identity, their core beliefs. You know, to use the honesty one here for a second is instead of copying or emulating the people that you're following, which happens all the time, Mm -hmm. it's more like you should be looking internally to go, you know, who am I? What do I really deeply believe? And the more you celebrate your uniqueness, the less likely you are to get absorbed among the crowd. So what does lack of patience look like? Well, we've got a really great example of this because I would bet more than 50% of the clients who come to us, what they really want to do is skip all of the hard thinking work, all of the hard strategy work and go immediately to launching a podcast, building a website, getting a photo shoot. They want to start their video course. They want to get all this media without ever spending the time and the thoughtfulness of going, what do I want to be known for? What kind of business do I want to be in? What type of audience do I want to reach? And what problem do I really solve for my market? And what is my, you know, my unique message and what truly differentiates me in the market? And they skip all of the hard thinking work because they're not patient and they don't want to do the work that's challenging. They want to do the work that's exciting and pretty that people are going to see because all this back end strategy work, which is what we do isn't what people see. It's what's necessary to build the foundation to have all those other things. And when you don't do it, when whatever you're doing doesn't work, you say, well, video courses weren't for me. And people are impatient with that all the time. They want to jump to the keynote. They want to jump to the book without ever thinking, what's my message? Who needs to hear it? What's the problem? And who am I serving? You are speaking my love language. And I totally agree. And I've got another one for you. So you've got to be patient and you've got to do the strategy. But then it also shows up in the execution, which is, well, I've been podcasting for 10 episodes and it's not working. It's like, you know, I did three keynotes last year and nothing came of it. I I was on Instagram. I did 12 lives (laughs) and I still only have 10 followers. And it's just like inconsistency is the kiss of death. And we are so impatient about results. It's interesting to see the connectivity between patience and then also like selflessness and confidence because when you're serving your own ego and the results don't show up right away, you quit. But when you are selfless and you are dedicated to actually solving a problem for your audience, giving them real solutions, forwarding the thinking, inspiring them day in and day out, and you're truly focused on doing that, then you're not just executing one launch. You're not just trying to get to the next zero number of followers. You are in it for the long term and people know that, right? It's like, Shaleen, how many days in a row have you posted something on social media? All days. (laughs) All of the days. All of the days. That's right, right. Right? And then they're like, well, I took Chalene's course and and I did the things that she did and it didn't work. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's because you did it for 10 minutes. Well, let's start with that word patience for a second, because if I'm playing 
back into the mindset I had when I first decided I needed to build an online reputation. That word patience, I would have ignored it because I don't have patience. I still don't have patience today. However, I've learned in helping people who listen to this show that when I say you need to have patience or this takes time, I actually need to tell them how long that will take. I would say to people, don't waste your time in social media unless you've done these foundational pieces, unless you know your brand message, unless you understand who it is you're trying to reach, unless you have a place to send them or something, a journey you want to take them on and you've thought about what does that take and how will I create a lead generation and then what will I do with their email address and all of those things are the things that aren't fun and aren't sexy and you can't you know see likes and comments attached to them immediately but when I tell people to do that and that's the foundation I also I've learned since then to say this takes less than 2 weeks and you'll waste a decade and a lifetime of important missed opportunities with important people if you don't take a maximum two weeks. You could literally do it, honestly, in a week. And you and I both know there's such a finite, small percentage of people who will set aside the busyness that AJ just referred to, the stuff that feels good. If you would just set that aside and give yourself permission to think these things through, when we say, you know, the patience, it's not decades. In fact, if you create these foundational pieces first, you'll save yourself so much time. In fact, you'll reach your objective much quicker. Do you agree? Totally agree. Yeah. And you use the word permissions too. Interesting. You know, our, so our second book, you know, the title was called Procrastinating on Purpose, but the subtitle is called The Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. Mm. And we talk about how really time isn't just logical. Time is emotional. If we make our decisions emotionally and we're being driven by too many like different pressures and things. And what we really need is permission. We need to give ourselves permissions to handle some of these underlying subconscious things, you know, that then allow us to free up the time to invest on the things that really multiply it in the future. So I think I love that word. Yeah. And I think a part of that too, is along with this permission, it's one of the things that's just so important to think through and building your personal brand or a business or getting that next job or whatever it is, is you've got to really take the time to think through what am I passionate about? And so many people are just like, well, this is what's happening in the market. And that's what this is what's trendy. And this is what everyone else is doing. And they forget to be like, but I hate video courses. It's like, well, then why are you making them? That makes no sense because there are so many business models out there that will work Mm -hmm. and they will work for you. But because you didn't have the patience to think through what's my long term, your short term ends up being really crappy because you're not happy. Mm. You've helped so many personal associates, friends that I know, you know, individual brands. And I know you've helped, you know, corporate brands as well. The majority of my listeners are, are individuals who need to start thinking about their reputation. They need to start thinking about what it is they are known for. Can you share with us some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when they first get into this online space? Yeah. The number one, I would say, is they don't get clear on what their message is. They're not clear on what, like they cannot answer this simple you know, question, like what problem do you solve? Mm. And 
you have to be able to answer that question. Even if you're an entertainer, it's like, you know, that like you're solving the problem, right? Of of boredom, you're keeping people engaged. Is it fair to say that you actually need to be able to look at how you're showing up and ask yourself, okay, if I know the answer to this question, but I'm looking at, so I'm thinking of someone in particular, like if I go and look at their social media, I know what they're going to tell me the problem that they solve. But if I look at their social media, I'm so freaking confused. Yeah. Well, and that comes to the second biggest problem we hear a lot is that people think they solve many problems. Mm. Well, they do, right? We do solve many problems. So what questions can we ask ourselves to just really narrow that down, which is uncomfortable to do, but I know we need to do it. Yeah. So if we just stick to the one question, what problem do I solve and stay there? And the first thing is that what you have to realize is that you can solve many problems but you shouldn't. You should have one problem, one singular focus on, this is what I'm going to be known for. This is the problem I solve with a singular message. Because when you say, well, I solve a lack of confidence and insecurity and self-doubt and image, it's like, well, now I'm confused as all get out. It's like, now you don't know what market you're serving and your message becomes diluted and your products become diluted because now you've got a product for everything that you do. And if you're doing everything and you're serving everyone, you're also doing nothing and serving no one. And so one of the things that we are constantly encouraging people to do is find one problem, which is one word that you solve for your market, for your audience. Then the second thing is that we find is that as people are going through that process, which is challenging, is that when we say, okay, what problem do you solve? Many times the problem I think they solve is not even a problem. I can't tell you how often we'll be in a conversation. They say, well, I solve the problem of confidence. Well, confidence is not a problem. Confidence is a benefit. Mm, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So self-doubt is a problem. Insecurity is a problem. And it's a lot of people have confusion even in their own brand around what problem they solve because it's hard to look at your own brand. And that's why people like you and people like us exist because sometimes you need that outside perspective to help you narrow things in. Then the next thing that we hear is that, well, I solve the problem of self-doubt, right? So that's the problem I solve for my audience. It's self-doubt. But then as we start asking some questions, what we realize is that every problem has a root problem and most problems are byproducts. So it could be that you solve self-doubt, but self-doubt also could be the byproduct of a much bigger root problem such as unworthiness or a lack of acceptance, self-acceptance or that of others. And it's many times it's like we... We say, oh, well, that's probably what my market needs. That's probably what I do. And it's like, well, is it or is it a byproduct of a deeper problem that you solve that has all of these ancillary byproduct problems? And so we see this a lot. We work with tons of people in the nutrition, wellness, health, fitness space. And the problem I solve is, well, people need weight loss. It's like, was that really what you solve? Or that people aren't healthy. It's a lack of nutrition. Well, is that really what you solve? So why are they overweight? Why aren't they healthy? Why are they depressed? Why are they anxious? And it's like, if you keep going down, it's like, you'll typically find there's this root problem that causes all of these other problems. And until you're crystal clear on that, you're confused. 
And when you're confused, so is everybody else, which is why you talk about everything without singular focus. Wow. And that's how you help people to peel away those layers and keep answering those questions until you really get to the root of it. I don't care if you're really into this podcast right now. I have to interrupt. I have some important things to tell you. This is the number one question that Shalene and I get all the time is how do you guys do what you do? You always are super busy, just doing tons of things. You're on all these different social platforms, but you still look like you have this amazing life. Well, it's because we have a system. We spent the majority of our last 10 years of our lives building systems that work year over year. Now we have put them into an online business program called the Marketing Impact Academy. Who is this program for? It's for the person who wants to build and run a better online business or a better brick and mortar business. And you're not tech savvy and you're so tired of being a slave to your laptop or your phone and you're constantly on social media and it's just crazy. And it's for those people that are just wasting tons and tons of money on SEO experts and Facebook experts and building crazy websites and it's just nonsense. What we've done is we've created a program. It's like going to college. It's literally like going to business school. It's called the Marketing Impact Academy. We only open it once a year and it's about to open again. I would love to invite you to check out this page. The site is marketingimpactacademy.com. It's super easy. All you're gonna do is give us your email address, right? If the page says closed registration, don't even worry about it. Still put your email address, your best email address. Why? Because the people that are on that email list are going to be the first ones notified when we open up registration, either this year or next year. So go ahead, put your email address in there and hope to see you inside the Academy soon. Let me give you a couple questions on that, Shalene, since you asked, like, treat us like you are a client or like a listener. Yes. Please. So just a couple other questions. So AJ, I think, explained it fully. But here's the mm-hmm. some questions you could ask, right? So number one, think about what do people come to you for organically? What are you powerfully positioned to help people with? Another place that we often look, right? So we, this is a lot of what we're doing when we're working with somebody is going through all of these questions for these you know, six different you know, primary areas. And then we work out from there is what is your deepest wound that you have overcome? Because when you look at finding somebody's uniqueness, when they're speaking from a true depth of experience, then that is what's really powerful. People can connect with somebody who has been on that journey and they know like this person has been through this. It just emanates from them. So the the more that we can zero in on those things for an individual like the richer the whole brand is going to be. Those are great questions to ask. I'm going to play devil's advocate now. And I am listening to you talk to Shalene about this. I'm talking about myself in third person, which is so weird. (laughs) But and, you know, that's funny because Shalene is confusing me because she teaches how to build a business online, how to create passive income. But she also has exercise programs and nutrition programs. So I think people see, and I'm, I know that there's things I, and I'm open to whatever feedback, I'm an open book so you can have at, but I know that there are people out there who they see entrepreneurs who've been in the space for a while doing a lot of different things and they think, I can do all these things at once too. 
Yes. Well, there's two things about that. And if I were to ask you, what problem do you solve? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Unhappiness and lack of control. Okay. So either of those two things could be solved by building a business and getting healthier. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still a central problem circulating around what you do. And the reason that it works for you is you have broken through what something that we call she hands wall. Can you tell us what the Sheehan's wall analogy means? Yes. So Sheehan's wall is named after a friend of ours, Peter Sheehan. But this is really going from this state of being unknown to known. And think about that there's a dividing wall between being unknown and known. And the whole point of this wall is to figure out how to break through. And the truth is, is that if you're trying to start by doing all of these different things, there's not enough concentrated focus and power and velocity to break through that wall. So you keep bouncing off the wall and you're like, well, why isn't this working for me? And it's because you're trying to do too many things when you start. But if you start with enough focus and velocity in one area and enough consistency in one area, once you break through the wall and you're known then you can start to break out and do different things, which is what you have done. And that is what allows for this ability for people to expand at a certain point. You just can't start that way. It's like you're able to have different business models and topics that you cover with a centralized problem because you've already become known in your space. But for those of you who are just starting out, it's like you've got to become known for something before you expand into being known for multiple things. I specifically remember the light I was sitting at in my car when I was, you know, working 80 hours a week doing a multitude of things. I was trying to start these little seminars for moms who could start a business at home. I was trying to promote those at hotels and local seminars. I was running a personal training business. I was trying to start an ebook business. I was trying to teach people business teaching fitness and also trying to become an attorney. <laughs> you know, I was doing all these things at once because they all were felt relative. They all were things I could do. They were all things that solved problems for people. And I didn't know which one was going to pop. So I felt like if I did all of these, one thing is just it's going to pop or maybe they will all keep rising. But I just kept going around and round and round in circles. And then I heard an interview with a shock jock on the radio and he was telling the story of a moment when he had been fired from a high profile DJ, you know, morning DJ, drive time, you know, major market, and he'd been fired. And what he decided to do was to take out a full page ad in a newspaper listing all of the things that he could do, that he he was a copywriter and he could do sales and he could do voiceover work. He could be a DJ, you know, all the multitude of things that he could do and that he was, you know, saying basically hire me and he got plenty of job offers. But the thing that changed his trajectory was he got one letter, an envelope, tri-folded piece of paper, opened up that piece of paper, and in the center of the page was one word, and it said focus. And I thought, oh, I have to force myself to focus. I have to pick one. And I picked fitness in that moment, and you're right. I went all in, and I became known for that before expanding to other things that were of interest to me. But how do we know when we've reached that place where it is Sheehan's wall. We've reached that place where we have permission, if you will, 
to expand, especially when so much of the messaging today is be authentically yourself. Let's see the multifaceted sides of who you are. We get that message. And at the same time, we're hearing, no, you know, we've got, you, people have to be clear about what problem it is you solve for them. So which is it? From a business perspective, this, I'll just share my opinion on this. And you asked a couple questions. You said, one, how do you know when you break through the wall? Yes. W- one of the easiest ways to know when you've broken through the wall is when you're on the left-hand side of the wall trying to break through, everything is push, 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 push. <laughs> Once you've broken through the wall, it's pull. And now it's like everything is coming to you. And there's a new problem that shows up, which is you have to learn to say no to all these different things. Yeah. And a lot of our higher profile clients, that's what we have helped them do because they are breaking through some walls and now they've got so much coming at them. It's like, oh my gosh, how do I choose? But in terms of professionally, when people are going to hire you for something, they need to be able to put you in a box and know like this is what you do. So I think there is a difference between doing social media for personal purposes and for like building your career purposes. And to me, it's kind of like your feed is what you do. It's your expertise. It is helping people solve the various problems in their life than more like stories and that stuff in the lives. That's where it's more about who you are. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I couldn't agree with you more that stories is kind of for that person. You're not going to reach new people on your stories. Stories is how you go deep. It's how people figure out like, okay, so cool. I've been looking for someone to help me understand my own reputation, my own brand. Obviously, these people, they have the chops, but do I relate to them? Do I like them? Do I like them on a personal level? That's where we have freedom to do that on our stories. That is at least what I think. Until you're breaking through the wall, it's like you need as many assets, like you need every asset you have pointing people in one direction. Like when we launched Take the Stairs, you know, that just was a a signature moment in our life. I was 29 at the time, AJ was 28 and was like trying to hit the New York Times bestseller list that first time. And it was like, everything was take the stairs, like every interview, every, the book title, like it was, we said it over and over and over and over and over. And it was this metaphor for doing things, you know, you should do that you don't want to do. I mean, Rory's really leaving out some key details because when he says it was all in, (laughs) I mean, it was to the point of crazy town in our house because he would only take the stairs Mm. and we happened to live on the 25th floor. And he would only take the stupid stairs. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was like, when he says all in, he was all in until this one, one time where I got locked in the stairwell and I said, this is over. This is over. There's no more of this. (laughs) Figuratively and literally. I love this. You say all in. It's like you're really focused on this one thing. You want to be known for it. You're looking at your own content. You're looking at the problems that you solve and you're saying, is this what I'm good for? Is this what people, if they're like, oh yeah, I'm looking to solve this problem. I know your guy. I know your girl. Yeah. And you you have to work hard. Like this is what reputation strategy is, is to be known, to make sure when people think of you, what do they think of? Mm-hmm. You don't control that, but you influence it. And, you know, using you as an example, Shalene, is this idea of what problem do you solve in some ways feels very limiting to people. Usually at first they're like, oh my gosh, like I solve so many things. I have so many passions. Like how can I just choose one? Well, it doesn't mean that's the only thing that you talk about. But when you figure out like this is the problem I would dedicate my life to solving that I literally, if, if I died and people said, you helped rid the world of this one thing, 
it's not the only thing you talk about, but everything you talk about is through the lens of that, like unhappiness. If you go, gosh, like that is just the thing, like just want people to feel happier. Then it's like, okay, you can do lots of different stuff as much as your team and your brand can afford and the assets and the reach that you have, but you're still like really honing in on that thing. And it allows you to go deep when you're clear on that problem and you really start to explore at a level that most people never get to because they don't have that clarity. So it's just a lens by which you see the world. Yeah. And it really does give framework to everything that you do so that as your brand and the things you offer branch out, they have a core fundamental to them. You know, when we start through line. Yeah. Yeah. When we started creating the one through one method, which is a nutrition program, you know, I said to my staff, we're solving the same problem that we solved for people who are trying to get and build a business online. We're giving them the tools. We're helping them to be happier and to take control of maybe not their business, but they are going to be happier and be able to take control. And that's going to help them to be happy. But that's our mission, you know, and so that allows us to decide how our, our language should show up, how we communicate with our customers, what things are going to detract from that, that even though we might see somebody else who has a similar brand doing X, Y, and Z, and we go, yeah, but that doesn't fulfill our obligation and the problem that we're solving. We use the example of colors a lot, right? So it's color and shade. There's only a certain number of colors in the world, right? Like what makes you fascinating is figure out exactly what shade are you, mm. right? Like what is your color code? And there's I don't know how many colors there are, but there's a bunch of them. But there's only three primary. Three primary. There's but, red, you know, yellow, and blue. 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 <laughs> <laughs> blue. He always says green. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have red, then you have pink, then you have fuchsia, mm -hmm. right? So it's like there's color and there's shade. Mm. And the colors tend to be the broad categories of personal development, business Health. strategy. I see. Health. Finances. But then there's all these fine-tuned shades of this is my exact shade of fuchsia, mm. which is my unique spin on how does unworthiness play into your physical appearance, which mm. plays into your confidence, which plays into your ability to get a job. Right. And so there's all those things that that's where your true uniqueness comes in. And one of the things that we say all the time is that what you really want to do is you want to be so unique that you're uncopyable. Mm. It's like people cannot copy you because they're simply not you. Like one of the other questions we ask people, Shaleen, is we say, you know, we call it the life well lived test, which is yeah. at the end of your life, if you did this, you solve this one thing, what would you be proud to have people say that you did? And so you go back in their past and forward and those are all the hints and clues that we look at to try to find somebody's uniqueness, that unique shade of color. There is a place that you can speak from, which is a true depth of experience. And we just got to we got to find that and access that and, you know, speak from that place and it will move people. So many of my listeners are kind of in a transition where maybe they were a really well-known chiropractor in their area and now they want to be known for being a business coach or a healer, or maybe they were a corporate sales trainer. Now what they want to do is help women find their voice. I want to be a vocal coach or a confidence coach. How do we blend these things? How do we, you know, once we're like, okay, I got it. I am definitely known for fill in the blank, but I want to shift. I want people to know this other side of me. How do you do that 
And do you start from scratch or do you build out? Good question. Hard question. It may be one that there's not like the perfect answer. We'll, we'll give you our, I'll give you opinions on this. So in our world, the way we start is answering is figuring out, well, what's the through line? There is some through line to everything that you've been passionate about. There is some through line. If we can find that, then there is a way to create a natural continuation of that story that makes sense to the people that currently follow you. And that is, if we can find that, then that's great because then we can pull some of them with us. We will probably lose undoubtedly some of them, but that's okay. But, you know, I think when you're talking about a personal brand, this is one reason why we actually don't work with companies. We only work with people. It's simpler and deeper, we feel like, is you go, if that's who you want to be, then show up and be that freaking person today. Like start doing that today. Don't start over. Start from where you're at, right? Like start from where you're at, but start being the person that you want to become today. Start talking to the people you want to reach today. Now, what we usually find is if it's a huge leap, you may not be qualified yet to talk to that person. And so you need to talk to some interim audience, you know, and there's some steps you take, but start in the direction of who you want to be today. Cause like, you're not getting any younger. I think in general, one of the things that we see all the time is that people just wait. They wait for a better timing. They wait for money. They wait, they wait. And one of the things that we just believe Rather it be right nor wrong, it's just go. It's learn as you go, figure it out as you go, improve as you go, and don't wait till you have all the money. Don't wait till you have high production quality. If you want to do it, start doing it, and then you make it better, and you fine-tune it as you go. Sometimes you've got to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. And that doesn't mean you drop everything and start over. It means what's my transition plan? How can I start doing this today without dropping all of my income here, but also start building my income here? That through line really creates the more connectedness of not feeling like you have to just bail on one thing and start over a new thing because you shouldn't have to do that. There probably is a through line. There is connectedness. You just have to filter it through the lens of what problem do I solve? I love that. AJ, to your point, I see people lack, they almost don't know how to or identify that through line. So they kind of dismiss the thing that they were known for in the past. And then they try to force this new like, okay, well, now I'm a now I'm a life coach. And they start posting that type of content. So they'll post this new content. And they're like, Oh, man, it's just not resonating. So I'm still going to call myself a life coach, but I'm going to go back to posting this type of content that I was known for. But I get nervous that I'm losing my audience. Two questions. Number one, how can we avoid doing that? And number two is how important is it for us to tell our audience what it is we're known for instead of asking them to make that assumption? Yeah. So two quick things on that is, first of all, if you feel like your current audience isn't responding to your new message, perhaps it's because you haven't reconsidered who your new audience should be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times this goes back to that hard thinking strategy work that people like to skip and they don't think about who is my audience. What do they need? What do they want? What are their questions? What are their limiting beliefs? What are their demographics? It, sometimes your new endeavor is not matching with your current audience. And that's something that you need to consider 
when you do all of this initial strategy work, which is why doing the strategy work is so important because it will become clearly evident when you do that hard thinking that, wow, my new audience is not currently who I'm serving. But if we could hear maybe the story of a personal brand, someone that you worked with who was making a lot of these very common mistakes that many of us make and how you were able to help them refine their reputation and what's possible if we do this work? Well, I think the one that we could share that he's probably comfortable with it and most people know him and he had us on his interview was Lewis Howes. You know, he hosts the School Greatness podcast and it's got a hundred million downloads, very well known. And mm-hmm. Lewis came to us, he was crushing it already. He had all these things coming with him. It was mostly, I think, the business model discussion with lots of different opportunities, everybody approaching him with a different way to make money. Mm-hmm. And because he had the audience and I think, you know, what he self-admittedly kind of gives us credit for is helping him figure out exactly what his brand was really about and what he wanted it to be about. And that is the real thing, I think, Shalene, because it used to be money, right? Like I can't leave my job because I'm making some money and that feels safe. But now it's like likes. It's like, oh, I can't be that person because it's easier for me to get likes when I'm in my bathing suit and I get more, I get more engagement when I'm in my bathing suit than I do when I'm talking about the thing. But it's, that is where you have to do the work of figuring out what do I believe? What do I want to be known for? And then you have to just go for it because it's like, if that is who you feel called to be, then you have to be willing to give up who you are. It's like your new Mm. life always costs you your old one. Mm. And you have to make that leap. And so you have to be willing to say no to the things that don't matter so that you can say yes to the thing that you feel called to. Mm, that's so huge. That takes some courage, doesn't it? It takes huge courage. And, and you know, to like, to Lewis's credit as an example, he had all these different revenue streams and then we narrowed it down to a few as like less than a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his business has tripled, you know, basically would be on pace to triple over the last you know year or so, I don't think he'd mind me sharing. He's a pretty public figure, so people kind of see. Mm-hmm. As an example, though, of him saying, you know, there were these things that he could do that he said no to, even though they would have made him money. Yeah, and even it was just because it was like, but that's not who I want to be. And that is the ultimately the decision that the person has to make is say, how bad do you really want to be that person? Mm. If that means your audience shrinks, do you want to be that person? Because the person who succeeds is the one that is willing to take that gamble and say, hell yes, Mm. this is who I feel called to be. And if you're not that convicted, then you shouldn't jump yet because you're just going to flip flop back and forth. So many of the folks who are at the Marketing Impact Academy and have since gone on to work with you and your agency have said that it's hard to even describe how differently they feel mentally about what it is they're doing because they just didn't have that clarity before. Mm. And our brains need clarity. And when we have clarity, we have confidence. And when we have confidence, we have peace. And I personally believe, you know, you really do need a modicum of peace to feel truly happy, you know. And so I think it can't be undervalued. We always talk about like the more likes, the more revenue, the more money we're earning. But we all also ultimately, you know, we want to be happy and we don't want our brains to be so overwhelmed and to feel like we're doing it wrong and to be constantly second guessing ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I ask someone, oh, what is it you do? And 
they are like, oh, well, it's really hard to answer that question. And it can be a hard question. And, you know, that's part of our uniqueness, I think, is helping people get clear because it is hard and it's often hard for you to do it yourself because it's like you are you. You need someone from outside to look at you and go, let's walk you through a framework. Let's take you through a process. Let's help eliminate things. And then I think one of the other things that's a little bit unique about what we do is it's not just the like messaging and the in terms of like what problem do you solve in that. It's also, you know, two of our six core questions in phase one are economic drivers. Is helping someone figure out what is their primary business model. And it's so it's always with a strong eye and nod towards the practical reality and the need to make money and, and monetize some things. And we talk to you about saying, hey, if there's anyone that's listening that wants to talk to us, we'd be happy to connect them with someone on our team and just kind of do the first call for free. Just go to shaleen.thebrandbuildersgroup.com. Shaleen.thebrandbuildersgroup.com. Beautiful. Shaleen.thebrandbuildersgroup.com. And they can just request a call and you know, we'll start walking you through the process and hearing your story and hearing your passion and see if we can help. You've got a great team too. I've, you know, you were kind enough to make that available to people who were at our live event. And I've heard from so many people that, you know, be on a live call with someone and then not just answer them in your head, which I'm sure you did today as you're listening to the podcast, but it's completely different when you actually have to speak the words and think it through. And that alone can give people so much clarity. So I'm really super excited that you guys have offered that to my podcast audience as well. Thank you. I didn't know we were going to do that, but that's exciting. If we go to that link, then is there like a schedule? that they're going to fill out or a time or questionnaire? Yep. So they just fill it out. The first one is they just put in their information and then it usually will populate a calendar of what if we have some automated times available. But if not, we'll reach out to you. Well, thank you so much for this. I really think it's going to bring clarity. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge here today on the show. Well, thank you for allowing us to have some time on your show. Yeah. And you and Brett inspire us just what you two have built together and the story of your journey. AJ and I love working together and we want to be that. And I think it's clarifying for me to hear you throw out the word unhappiness as as the thing that perhaps is what you've most dedicated your life to. I think you, Mm -hmm. because you certainly do that and you are hilarious with all your crazy (laughs) lip syncing and uh, all the things you do to better enjoy it to to make to make people happy in addition to the stuff that you teach them so it's an honor to been connected to you you guys are awesome well happy pushing here's to another healthy baby (laughs) thank you all right guys thanks so much for today 